Burger Click Productions 15 Minutes of Fame podcast features vocalist Kitty of the Philadelphia-based hardcore punk band Pit Hair. Here's their song Living Conditions. Productions 15 Minutes of Fame podcast. Uh, I don't know why TT agreed to come back and talk to me, but <laughs> TT is here uh, from Pit Hair. It's Philly's own Pit Hair. TT, welcome on this humid, sweaty Friday. Oh, hi. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Again, I promise I am. <laughs> <laughs> now, to, to kind of kick things off, you know, we're about halfway through 2021. So spill your guts. Tell us everything. What can we expect from Pit Hair for the remainder of the year? Um, we are just like chilling right now. We're taking some time, um, after putting the EP out, um, some of our like other band mates who are in other bands are a little bit busy and we've been a little bit quieter during the quarantine. So I'm just kind of like, we're just kind of letting them like do their thing. Hopefully when like shows are starting to come back. So mm-hmm. we're really hoping that we can get on some shows and start playing some music again because you know everybody misses that more than anything i feel like yeah it's it it definitely feels that way like even up here it just i think people are just starved in general and it's yeah it's seeing live music like i don't know it's like the the live stream stuff was like kind of a fucking heaven send for like a while but now it's to the point where it's like it's getting fucking hot out. I want to be in a, a small club sweating on other people and like watching, yes. you know, like I want to do that, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, so switching gears. Now you own, I believe at this point, two beautiful pit bulls, right? Yes, I do. Okay. So I, I grew up with a pit bull. Her name was baby. She was extremely sweet. And the other side of this is, sorry, this is a long question. The other side of this is you interact with the dogs like on a regular basis. So yeah, I'm a dog trainer. So I'm 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 curious in your opinion, why do you think that pit bulls get such a weird bad rap? Um, well, they have been used. They're they're used mostly for dog fighting, or they were. Um, and they have that like stigma with them. People get them and train them, um, and bulk them up, you know, because they're big and strong mm-hmm. dogs, and they use them for fighting, or they use them for like guard dogs in a very unhealthy type of way. Um, and they really are not like they are some of the most gentle dogs ever. Historically, pit bulls were bred to like to do some gnarly shit. Like mm-hmm. they are dogs that were bred to like take down literal bulls and like cows and cattle and like like big Jesus heavy Christ. stuff. Yes, but also because they're so loyal and they're so strong. But they also were then used as nanny dogs, like they were used as babysitters pretty much. People would just have their pit bull and have their baby and their pit bull would like stay and watch their baby and be like the nanny. So, um, but then when people started fighting them and breeding them for fighting, 
people kind of got this opinion that like pit bulls are naturally aggressive dogs and like being a dog trainer, um, I, there's, there are some dogs that like maybe have some genetical problems or like, um, some brain problems that makes them a little bit more reactive, but they are not like, they're not naturally aggressive dogs. They are so, so sweet. They're some of the best dogs ever. Um, they just happen to be really strong and really, really loyal. And I think people like when they're looking for a dog to fight, that's what they're looking for. A strong, loyal dog. Um, and it's such a shame, but some of that is like stopping hopefully, you know, Mm. or, you know, I'm sure there's some like underground stuff happening, but, um, the more that I work with them and like advocate for them, there's a lot of people out there that are like advocating for pit bulls and just like realizing that they're the best dogs. And, you know, it's such a shame what like the stigma around them. I, I think too, like just with as fucking poisonous as social media can be, it's also like really enabled different groups that do some of that underground shady shit. They get exposed. And then yes. when, once it's out there, it's like, fucking explain yourself. What the fuck? You're, you're destroying animals. Like what the fuck's wrong with you? You know? Yes, like, exactly. So there's that, nowhere to hide anymore with that. Exactly. Now are your, are either of your pit bulls, were they rescues? Yeah, they both were. So one, my oldest dog I rescued from a shelter um, in 2015, 2014, 2015. And um, then my youngest dog, I found her tied up across the street in a park um, in West Philly. Yeah. Um, A little bit, like I would say four, four years ago, I found her and she was in really bad shape. She was just like, she had mange really bad. She had no fur on her. She had like her collar was really tight. We had to cut off with scissors. Um, she had like bites all over her. She still has like indents in her ears from like dog bites. Ugh. So I found her and I was just like, I'm taking this dog. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> and you know, there was no microchip in her. I got her checked to make sure it wasn't anybody's. And I was just kind of like, if she gets along with my old man, then I'm mm-hmm. going to keep her. So I've had them both for a while now. Now, does she, I, I know you said there's like ear, you know, she had like bite marks or would they're still there. Is she like, and you're a dog trainer, so I'm sure you've kind of worked past it, but does she like, is she skittish about her ears? Like, are there any leftover like traumas or anything that you've identified or is she pretty much just, she's fine? She is, she's not skittish about like touching her ears or her face. She is dog uh, reactive though. Oh. She doesn't like other dogs at all. She likes my dog um that I live with I don't know Mm. how we got over that hump but I think she was just like when I found her she was in shock and like just meeting another dog she was like okay you know this is fine and they get along fine but um she like you know walk her um I walk her with a muzzle on just to be safe Mm. um she doesn't like other dogs she'll bark and like lunge at other dogs but as I've had her and you know being a trainer that works with primarily reactive dogs I've she's gotten a lot better um, but that's her like leftover trauma. She, it's more fear. She's like scared of other dogs because of whatever happened to her in her past. Right. And I feel like nine times out of 10, like with, with the pit bull I grew up with, she only ever snapped at one person and it was because they were like fucking with her. And it was a, yeah. it was a big, it was a big dude. He's an asshole to begin with. So he had it fucking coming, but it, it was just like this whole thing. It's like, what the fuck, what do you do? What do you expect this animal to do? Yeah. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Fuck Any that. dog would have reacted that way, probably, right. not just a pit bull. Right, Exa- exactly. Yeah. I will say, though, it was a fucking super hilarious driving through downtown with 
baby's head out the window. Yeah, I mean, you know how big Pitbull's heads are, right? Yeah. She'd be yeah. sticking her head out the window, and people, I'd watch like the rubberneckers just fucking like as we'd be going, like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Being like a small femme person walking around the city with two pit bulls, people do not bother me, which honestly I'm fine with. I'm like, like my dogs are definitely really sweet with people, but if you don't want to come up to me and talk to me when I'm in my morning walk, like that's fine. That's you don't funny. have to. <laughs> don't feel obligated to. Basically. Yes. Yeah. Now I, I know it's a moderately cliche question, but I am curious because it does, you get good answers out of it. Give me one rock and roll record or album, single, whatever, that just, it changed your life. Okay. Um, Alice in Chains, Dirt, 100%. Oh, shit. Now, who, I, who showed that to you? My dad. My dad did. My dad listened to Alice in Chains when I was younger, growing up. He listened to, like, Alice in Chains and, like, Soundgarden um and stone tumble pilots and then he also listened to like aerosmith and like led zeppelin and stuff but um my dad listened to a lot of what i like to call butt rock (laughs) and yeah (laughs) no i know exactly what you're talking about yes and it's my favorite hands down my favorite genre of music which is really funny because i feel like a lot of people like make fun of that kind of music but it's definitely like my favorite my favorite band is like alice in chains i love all of that so much i think it's such good music so i know like with me and my buddies so we do use butt rock but we also use wrestling rock that's another (laughs) one that's another genre and it works really well but same thing it's like it's like whatever it's like i don't give a shit it's like i like limp biscuit it's fun shit system of down you know what i'm saying like it's stuff like that's like it's fun it's fun it's fun yeah right I'm not necessarily listening to Fred Durst to look for like a, an epiphany on fucking my existence, but I'm going to have a good time fucking listening to it. You know, like it's a fucking blast. So yeah, it's one of those things. Um, so thank you. So Alice in Chains, I like that you, there was like no hesitation either. Like, <laughs> nope, it was Alice in Chains. Like, and my dad showed it to me. I'm prepared, prepared for that. Yeah. I feel like being like a musician, people always ask you, Oh, what kind of music do you like? Or what's your favorite band? And I'm all, I'm like, always ready i'm like alice in chains people are like really i'm like yes nope that's my favorite no, that's awesome i'll die on that hill <laughs> well, it's, it's it's one of those things too it's like i try and stay away from as many like obligatory fucking cliche like interview questions but it's like sometimes yeah. it's like it's not that it's unavoidable but like i am interested i want to know like i yeah. like i like asking that question having conversations about it so that's that's cool yeah now the last time uh you and i spoke I guess the first time we were chatting about like poisonous attitudes, you know, poisonous Mm -hmm. people that exist in like music scenes. And I want to ask you about like a different scene that you're a part of specifically like the skateboard and like roller skating scene, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Is there like, is there a rivalry? Are there bad fucking attitudes? Like explain to me a little bit about that. Um, so, I mean, I feel like it's like with every scene that has, um, a lot of, uh, cis white men in it there's always like some sort of toxic thing happening um there's no like rivalry that i can you know think of being like an active like roller skater that s- skates at skate parks mm-hmm. um and does trick skating like some people there there have been there's certain parks so like fdr park here in philly in south philly is like you know it's been around forever it's like one of the biggest like diy parks it's really really awesome um and but there are a lot of like old head skateboarders like male skateboarders who have been skating you know longer than me and i kind of touched on this too last time i talked to you about 
music, like the dudes in the hardcore scene who are Mm -hmm. like, I've been doing this forever. And, you know, kind of looking down on me being new to it and also like a femme queer person in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes I get like, especially being on roller skates, I do get like a lot of like dirty looks or like a little bit of like, what is this? Like, you know, fruit boot fairy person doing here with their like pink mullet and their like (laughs) pink roller skates at this like big scary park. Um, so that definitely happens. And I definitely feel like I get judged sometimes, but, um, the skateboarding community since the pandemic, I think has been a lot more open because when the pandemic happened, everyone was like, we can't do anything, right. We can't go to shows. We Mm -hmm. can't go out. We can't be doing anything. So people started like skating. They just started skating or they started, they picked up skating after a long time of not doing it. And because everybody was like coming together, being like, this is the only place where I can interact with people, where I can express myself, where I can like be outside and be active. Everybody's just kind of been a little bit more welcoming. Um, I think like two years ago when I first started going to skate parks with my roller skates, um, I was super intimidated. And then I don't know what happened to me, but I was just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. (laughs) And having that kind of attitude where I'm just like, I want to do this. I want to get good at this. And I want to do it all the time. Like being confident made me feel like people were respecting me a little bit more. And, you know, everybody should be respected regardless of how they feel at a skate park. But like kind of just being like, I don't care what you think. I'm here like doing my thing. Um, I don't really feel any of that like toxic energy anymore in that scene. It definitely still exists, but I feel like I'm like, you know, I feel like people are being a little bit more open and welcoming at skate parks now. Right. And and I think that's it. like we were saying before, it's like those people tend to fucking wash out or at the very least yes. they end up in their own weird small cliques and stuff. And it's like at the end of the day, you, I mean, you said it perfectly. You guys, everyone b- kind of banded together because that's what you could do to interact with other people. So it's like, yeah, if, if it's beyond that and now it's turned into this weird like classist, sexist, bu- whatever the fuck it is, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's bullshit. Right. Yeah. And and I don't know. Fucking it's badass. Pink mullet, pink pink roller roller skates. That's badass shit, man. I mean, it's it's awesome. So yeah. Thanks. <laughs> no, no. It's it's good to hear that. Like you hitting that point where it's like I don't give a fuck. Nothing intimidates me. I'm just gonna do it. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. do me. You know, like that's yeah. That's the real it's, shit right there. You feels know? good to just go out there and do do what makes you happy. Exactly. Fuck everybody else. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's why we all do music, right? It's like we're exactly. just doing it to fucking do it. You know, it makes yeah. us feel good. Yeah, it's like drugs. No, I'm just kidding. Um, at the end, of the, so so I want to talk to you uh, a minute about the video that you guys released for Stone, and yeah. I'm gonna come back to this, but I want to specifically right now talk about the video. If you had to explain that video to somebody who'd never seen it and might not be familiar with the band itself, how would you go about explaining that music video? Okay, so I've had to do this a couple times because the uh, field that I work in is is very. Uh, there's a lot of, and I love all my, you know, co-trainers. Everyone who's a dog trainer is amazing. There's a lot of normie people mm-hmm. in the dog training world. So when I was like, yeah, we're putting out a music video, people would be like, what is it about? Like, what's happening in the video? And I, I would simply just say, I am in full clown makeup, and I am destroying a rotisserie chicken. That is the video. And, <laughs> and like, that's, like, absolutely what I would say for somebody who's, like, never, like, they oh what's what's it about um because the video is like there's like little tiny deep things in it you know i'm like a non-barrier person and i'm wearing a baby girl shirt that's like a whole thing um and i'm in clown makeup and i went through like you know a gender identity crisis like in the 
beginning of the pandemic before I came out as being non-binary. So that's like a little bit of like a deeper thing. Mm -hmm. But the video itself is a complete like it's out of something that I did in quarantine that was really weird. Um, and then, so I collect clowns. I'm a huge clown collector. I have like 45 clowns. They're figurines and paintings. Um, I don't know. I love them. So in the beginning of quarantine, I was like bored in my apartment and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I just put on clown makeup and did a photo shoot of myself with all of my clown dolls. <laughs> and then at some point I like kept the clown makeup on and I was eating breakfast and I took this video of me like eating eggs or something like gross with full clown makeup on. And at that point I was like, yo, we need to make this a music video. This, I was like, this is what we need to do. And all everybody in the band was like, yes, that is a hundred percent insanely weird. We have to do that. Um, it was just, it was just like a weird idea that I had that, you know, like, like I, it's some, I, I wish it was, I wish I could be like a little bit more like deeper with it, but it's so not that I, I can't even like no, it's, it's per- pretend. It's, it's perfect. Um, <laughs> and also I feel like sometimes, like I have a lot of friends in like the metal and hardcore scene who do put out music videos that are like beautiful and deep and meaningful, but sometimes the genre heavy music, when you make a music video, they can sometimes come out a little bit corny, mm-hmm. like a little bit like, Agreed. uh, like late nineties, like corny, weird music videos that are like, this is just a little bit too much. So I was just like, I'm just going to do something weird just to cover it. Mm -hmm. Just do something weird right off the bat. Like, so. No, it's, (laughs) it's, uh, it's perfect. And I'm glad that you confirmed the clown collection because, and and I, and I did see that video, like, cause this was start of pandemic. I think you like, Pit hair got on my radar like I want to say shortly thereafter but anyway like I want to say I saw that video of you like eating something <laughs> like gr- not gross but like the video was awesome so it's it's gl- so what spurred the, have you always been collecting clowns or has this been something new because I know you got the tattoos and stuff like that but like is this something that's new or newer um it's newish over the last like couple of years okay um I lived in a house. I lived in a big house with like eight people when I first moved to Philly. And my friend Tim had this like creepy clown painting and I would just like loved it. I would like look at it. I'd be like, this is the best thing that's in our whole house. I love it. And then when he moved in with his partner, his partner was like, we're not fucking taking that painting. (laughs) Hard no. It's so creepy. So she gave it to me and I like, I was just like, I just want more clown stuff. And then what happened was I was so weirdly obsessed with them that every time I went to any thrift store that I would just find one. That's awesome. I would, I would like go, I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to Goodwill to just get like a nasty t-shirt that I can skate in or something. And then there, I would like walk around there'd be just like a clown and they'd be like in weird, like where the cups and the plates mm-hmm. are, there'd just be like a clown figurine. And I'm like, this is, this is meant for me. This is my, my new calling. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. I just think that they're so weird and like everyone's different too, which I really like. Yeah. What's well, and that's why I want to ask if it was like a like a fucking like family heirloom or something, you know, like, yeah, my great grandmother collected these and then they were passed down and stuff like that. But I almost yeah. like it better that it's something that's like in a, I, the, what you said, I think, is like profound. Like they're all they're all unique. They're all different. Yeah, they're, that's crazy. They all look different. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Like just now, th- like talk about deep. It's like that's deep. 
you know, yeah. they're all clowns. They're all, they're all unique and different. Like that's crazy. Um, so, so one last question about the video by the end of that shoot, how fucking cold was that chicken you were eating? The chicken was pretty cold. It was, I, I got it. Like, <laughs> I got it like, um, at like, you know, like in an Acme and a grocery store, mm-hmm. like hot thing. Yep. And, um, it was, it was funny too. So the, the person that shot the music video, my friend, Andy Silverman, he's amazing. He's does really good work. Um, he's also like the funniest person I've ever met in my life. So we kept having to stop <laughs> because I would keep cracking up and he was like, no, you gotta like stop and be straight faced. So I had to stop so many times. And so by the end, I was like, like shoving chicken in my mouth. And I was like, oh, this is, it was cold and rainy out. It was yeah. like wet from rainwater. It was really gross and cold, but definitely worth it for artistic purposes. No, it, it turned out awesome. So congrats. Thanks. I appreciate it. it. Hell yeah. Now, one other thing that you and I chatted about, we talked about getting stoop, or stoop drunk in Philly. Now, mm-hmm. I want to hear from your from your perspective, from your eyes. Tell me what I'd expect if I happen to hang out with Pit, Pit Hair and get stoop drunk. What kind of shenanigans <laughs> and shit would we get into? Um, we'd definitely get some pizza. There's always pizza happening. Um, we, I don't know, like when, when we all hang out and we're just like drinking beers or whatever, we just like, it's so, we just like sit on the porch or sit on the stoop and we just like, drink and we just like crack up like everybody all of my bandmates are the some of the funniest people i've ever met in my life um jake who plays bass i grew up with him and tim who plays second guitar i also grew up with him so we can like just joke around about anything for hours um so definitely like pissing yourself laughing (laughs) definitely just like chugging beer so much that you're just like you're like oh wait oh my god i'm drunk all of a sudden just not even thinking about it um i'm also like a very small person and i get drunk really fast and my like people always tell me that they can't they can't really tell that i'm drunk until i like say it so like you can really tell when tt's drunk when i just i don't know where just go i'm drunk and everyone's like really (laughs) like wow um yeah, just like shitting around, you know, talking shit, making jokes and eating some pizza. That's probably what would happen if you hung out with us. Hell yeah. Now, I saw this today and I wanted to ask you about this. So are you are you a big Warhead Candy fan? Um, No, Okay. but go, go ahead. Ask your question. No, no, no. I was going to. So was, the reason I asked this is because so and look, I'm I'm a fucking simpleton when it comes to drink. I'll drink anything. But like you give me a Rolling Rock Coors, whatever. I do like mm-hmm. sour beers, though. So yes, we, we, me got, too. we got this fucking brewery up here. It's called Artisanal. Now, if you spell out Artisanal, it literally says art is anal. But anyway, like they <laughs> they do a check this out. They do a sour warhead like malt drink and they legit got the formula like from the candy company. Like the blue oh one God. looks like fucking Windex. It's insane. It's it's good. It's like Whoa. it's crazy. It's it's definitely wild. it's definitely one of those things you drink maybe like one or two and you're like, all right, I got to switch to something else. Like my my tum tum hurts because I get fucking yes. sugar intake or whatever. But fucking yeah. rats. I do, I do love sour beers. I so it's funny you ask that because um, a friend of mine came over yesterday and he had he like found a like a big bin of warhead can like the sour warhead candies in like he found it people are moving out of colleges around here and he found it in like a college trash can. <laughs> nice <laughs> speaking of what you're gonna like what you would get into hanging out with us um dumpster diving and he brought it over bit. my house and we were just like eating this candy 
And we were just like, whoa, like, I remember being a child and being like, this is the craziest shit I've ever eaten. Like, I'm a badass because I can eat a whole one. But they're really not as sour as I think I remember. I feel like because I've I've every once in a while I'll get like a bag just because like I love sour shit in general. But did you get the did you get the feeling like towards the back of your jaw that, you know, when you first taste like the warhead and it's like almost like, yes, you know what I'm talking about? It's crazy. (laughs) That shit's talk about yeah memories of childhood fucking for real. Um, I know. So my last question, I I do want to circle back, as I said, I was going to and I want to talk specifically about the track stone. It was on your album released just in time for Valentine's Day uh, or an EP, if you will. uh, Great set. Now, I wanted to talk about that that track again, because there's a couple of reasons. I really, really like the lyrics. I'm beginning to see I'm the one with the power, the power to make things right, right my wrongs. Who would choose anything less than to be free? Now, I know this is a very open-ended question, but it's meant to be. In, in life, relationships, careers, why do you think some people choose to not be free? Um, why do they choose to not be free? Um, I think it depends. So I think that some people feel um, like they are held back in certain situations. Like, um, the first thing that I can think of is like family. So like, like my family is, uh, very like Italian from like Delaware County, South Philly area. Um, and they're very religious and they're very, you know, a little bit judgmental, not all of them, but you know, some of them. And I remember like when I first started getting tattooed, um, my mom and I love my mom. She's going to listen to this. I love my mom. Um, (laughs) But she was like, your grandparents are going to be really mad at not only you, but like me. She was like, they're going to be mad at me that I'm like, quote unquote, let you do this. So I remember my grandmother would come to visit in like the summertime in like 90 degrees. And I would have to wear like a literal cardigan and cover my sleeve. And um, when I like decided to just like say fuck it and show everybody my tattoos, it was like a big dramatic thing. (laughs) <laughs> Even though um, I feel like like it's just so, I don't know, it's so normal and accepted. Mm-hmm. Just like in like at least in my age group and like people were just like my grandfather didn't talk to me for like a little bit. Um, so like even that like small like aesthetic like thing that makes me who I am, like having tattoos and feeling like I can express myself through tattoos. I felt like I couldn't like show my true self because of how my family would feel. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that, you know, a lot of people like get stuck in like, you know, in jobs that they hate because they're so they like, I don't want to work for this job, but like, I've been like, like I need to pay my rent and pay bills and like, you know, capitalism's taken over the world. And I just like, I, I need to stay in this shitty job or like this relationship is really shitty, but I feel really secure and safe here. So I need to like stay in this and, like, so I feel like sometimes trauma and judgment can, like, take over somebody else's life for them. They won't really choose to be who they need to be and, like, feel free. 